Pitch Deck Asia. Your story, your words. We're live in the studio in Singapore, welcoming our friends from India, Shanu Mehta and the team from MMC. Shanu, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Graham. So you're here for a flying visit? Yes. What are you doing here in Singapore? So we are here for attending uh, Zero Roadshow mm-hmm. and uh, coming to the podcast was also one of the major objectives. Great. Well, you're here now. Yes. And we're friends with Zero. We love what they do. Yeah. And the whole sort of community of yeah. the Zero people there. So obviously you're connected with them through their marketplace. Tell us a little bit about how that works with yes. you. Yes. So um, we are exclusive partners with Zero Asia and Zero Canada as well. Yeah. So we are listed on the marketplace. We are one of the migration partner and we have a tie up with Zero wherein any um, SME or CPA who is wanting to bring uh, their clients to Zero, so we mm. migrate the data on Zero, and Zero sponsors those migrations. So that way we have a exclusive type with them. Great, excellent. So you're based in which part of India? Um, it's a central state of India called Madhya Pradesh, mm. and uh, we are from a commercial capital of MP, that state, Indore. Okay, excellent. And the whole team is based out there? Uh, so we have uh, a team of 54 uh, Zero certified people. Mm. All of them, they are based in Indore. Then yeah. we have a IT division. They are also based out of Indore. Mm. But uh, we have a uh, few vendors based out of uh, Ahmedabad. And uh, there's one more company. They're based out of Chicago. Okay. So they're like your channel partners, are Yes. They? Okay. So they help us in um, doing high-level deep learning developments. Yeah. Yeah. And let's put a shout out there to, well, firstly, Ankit, who's sitting off camera at the moment, but he's here. So all the viewers at home, he is actually in the studio, but he's a little bit shy. So <laughs> Shanna's doing the hard work here. Yeah. You're doing a great job, by the way. And also anybody listening back in India, let's yes. put a shout out. You do that, Shanna. So anybody who's there, just say hello. Hi. Hi, mommy. Hi, papa. I'm sure they are online and entire team of MMC and few of our customers also, actually. Excellent. I hope so. So if you're watching on YouTube, if you're following the MMC Convert journey on YouTube, then give them a like, a thumbs up because YouTube knows what's to do. If YouTube sees that people like this content, they'll share it and push your story out to yeah. the wider world. Excellent. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about your story. So yeah. there's a rich history of chartered accountancy in this family, right? Yeah. It goes on for many generations. Maybe you can tell us the story first. Okay. So um, uh, Ankit and I, we got married in 2009. And um, I always wanted to marry a professional guy because, you know, I thought like probably he would... Uh, uh, do his work in all those office hours and then come back to me and I'll have a lot of time with him. So right. I always that was, was the plan. Yeah, that was the plan. Okay. But, um, so I married uh, Ankit and he comes from a chartered accountant family. Mm. His father is a chartered accountant. His grandfather was the first batch pass out of chartered accountants in India. Yeah. And uh, When so was he, that? That must have been That was in time. 1940s. Wow. And... Um, so he uh, runs a 60-year-old firm. So Ankit mm. is partnered in a 60-year-old firm. And uh, so he is a CPA, a chartered accountant, and I'm a computer science engineer. So when we got married, we thought, like, let's club this thing and yeah. try to create something. And we were just uh, in the thought that what can we do? Like, how can we, is there any problem which needs his domain expertise and my mm. domain expertise? And we were on a honeymoon to New Zealand. And um, there we went to a place called Hawke's Bay. 
Yeah, I know. And out uh, east, right? Yeah. Then we were on a mountain. We were going, and then we heard this guy who was talking to his team about some accounting thing, and um, we overheard, like you know, and he was talking to his team about some problem in his office, some technical stuff. And we just asked him out of curiosity that what is it and who mm. are you and stuff like that. So he started telling about the problem. And so Ankit has an accounting expertise. So he just offered him a solution. Can this be done this way? Mm. And I offered the logical side of implementing it. And he just called his team and, you know, worked it out. And it, it did work. And eventually we found out that that guy was Rod Drury, the founder oh, wow. of Zero. How cool is that? <laughs> well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, so then uh, we, we got into a conversation and he said that, you know, this is accounting software and we knew about it. Yeah. So basically, um, we did a little bit of research of what kind of accounting trends and luckily we knew what Zero was yeah. and he was telling his plans and then he said that when people, um, you know, I convince people or, you know, they get convinced of Zero as mm. a product to bring their accounting data on. But, you know, they have a lot of history in the older software. So when, when the onboarding happens, they, they can start right away, but the data is left behind. Mm. So if somebody could do that, that bring all the historical data. So we, yeah, we returned from our honeymoon and we were on the major task. Right. <laughs> so that, that's you how we the sign, start. right? Yeah. So let's unpack that. You went to New Zealand of all places on honeymoon yes. obviously with the accountancy background that was the, the marriage of software and accountancy already there with exactly. zero obviously from New Zealand yes right? so you were out in Hawke's Bay and you bumped into Rod Drury, Rod Drury. and this was was this in 2009 right about it then? was in 2010 all right so they were not that old by then they were no. like two or three years old by then right? so we we got to attend their annual um investor conference and yeah. there were like you know few people in the room and right. they were showing the numbers and I was like okay wow so it was pretty yeah. new that time yeah but they were growing and how was it for you like when you came back to India yeah and you were inspired by this random encounter and I yeah. believe in random encounters sometimes there's signs where you have to do something exactly sometimes you can just walk past that person and nothing happens right? yeah so. so it's like you know the turning points mm. in everybody's life they can only make sense after you, you know, yeah. go uh, fast forward a few years and you see that, Hindsight. oh, that was yeah, a turning yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's like a book, isn't it? You only understand it until you finished it. Exactly. So with you going back to India, now you're going back to a world very much where you have accountancy and you have software yeah. engineering, but they're very separate, aren't they? Traditionally. Yeah. I mean, accountants do their thing because they're generations. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. they don't need to disrupt something that yeah. works very well. And software engineering is very much about fixing that problem, True. not thinking bigger picture. True. So how is it in terms of marrying those ideas together? It, yeah. must, it couldn't have been straightforward and easy. Tell us a little bit about that journey for you. So um, Ankit and me, we had a consensus that if anything has been put digitally once, you yeah. need not to reproduce it. There should be some way to, you know, get it um, into another form you don't mm. have to manually again punch it right so we were at that point and we we figured out that the data is already there all we need is to reproduce into another format mm. and um, the it uh, the logics and all they can enable us to do that so that was one um, point that there is definitely a way out there how to do it we still need to figure out yeah so we just uh, started um, you know uh, a service where we, we were just, you know, on a zero marketplace, we were telling people that we'll, we'll reproduce all your data. Mm. And then we started doing it manually. So right. we had uh, two or three clients. We It was just me 
Ankit and a laptop and we used to work overnight and then we used to manually do the whole process in order to understand what mm-hmm. is it. And then eventually I had an IT guy sitting with me and then he used to, whatever I used to do manually, he used to just try to make logics uh, to automate the process. And I think in the period of six months, we had some 200 rules for passing the accounting data and it was all happening Mm. automatically this is a great way to build an mvp isn't it that you do it manually yes because you have to learn the problem the problem is actually the problem understanding exactly so you went in manually tell us about that time when you were at the kitchen table working till three in the morning yeah we we have i think worked some 16 hours you know because there were one uh gig uh, GB data coming off accounting like you know backups and everything and we were you know transferring everything into zero exporting it right. putting it into Excel and pushing Manually it into everything everything. Right. everything and the IT guy was looking and he was like wow yeah. it is a pain and he wasn't he does not know what is debit he does not know yeah. what is credit but you know when he was seeing me doing it he was like oh I can you know you're, you're spending two hours I can do it I can write yeah. a code and we can do it in three minutes. Yeah. So that's well, where we see. From the client side, did they know that there was a, a human being? Yes. So we were very upfront about right. it. And at that time, you know, people didn't know that there is a service like that also that, yeah. you know, who could migrate. So we were quite upfront about it. That will take 15 days to do this. But your data will look like a mirror image of what was mm. it. So mm. they were okay with it. But luckily, um, because of the good IT team and IT expertise of India is quite, you know, um, famous. So mm. we it it was just a period of three months probably, and then we could reduce that turnaround time mm. of fifteen days to three days. Yeah, and now we can do it in a day or few hours. Right. Yeah. And now it's all automated, is it? How does it work? Yes. So uh, the execution, the whole migration process is completely automated, but we do have a team of zero certified accountants and other accounting office as mm. well. We, we have tied with them. So they do the quality analysis part mm. because once the data has been migrated, it has to go through certain checks that right. everything is matching or not. So yeah. we have a team of uh, qualified accountants to just match it, to, to do the analysis of quality. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's a great story as well. I mean, all <laughs> the way from going back from honeymoon all the way up to producing your first public yeah. product, right? yeah. automated product. Automated well. product. So when you built that product, that was the first version of what you yes. built. Yes. Now, now, have you evolved that? Have you added features to it or have you just made it do one thing really well? Yeah. So uh, when we started, it was just zero. Mm. So uh, we were moving everything to zero. Mm. Now we have a uh, exclusive tie-ups with one company in Canada called FreshBooks. Then we have one company in UK called ClearBooks. We have tie-up with Zero Canada and Zero Asia both. And uh, we are talking with Intuit also, like, you know, for next year. So uh, what we do is we make an engine to push the data in one software and then we extract it from different software. So that's Mm. the whole point. Like one, there is a pushing tool and then there is an extraction tool and then we bridge them together as the need comes, as Mm -hmm. the requirement comes. Mm -hmm. So earlier it was just one bridge tool and now we have, I think, somewhere around eight to nine bridge tools, which Mm. are most popular. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so how big is this market that you're in? I mean, how big is the problem? Okay. Surely as well, somebody might say this is just a one-time problem that people might have, right? Yeah, yeah. So just to give a perspective of numbers that how many people... So, you know, beautiful products are being built in this cloud accounting software industry. Mm. In 2018, uh, it was $11,000 million industry mm-hmm. accounting software. And it is... Um, by 2026, it's predicted to go... $20,000 million. So imagine the number of cloud accounting software is coming and the features they yeah. have. So now when people, um, you know, they, they like any product, the financial data is such that you can't leave it in the previous software. You have to carry it wherever you go. So in, in terms of that, uh, the cloud accounting industry in Asia Pacific is growing like by 20% every Mm. Yo, this is what I hear, which is uh, a staggering number. So I think we get somewhere around 25 to 30 queries every day to just yeah. wanting to make a switch. Yeah. And then um, this is this is how, like, you know, we decide that how many migrations we are doing every day. So I think that's that's about the numbers. Yeah. And how is it in India? Because it's easy when you're a cloud native yeah. company, yeah. when you were born on the cloud, so yeah. to speak. But if you are, you know, many generations accountants, maybe they feel, A, I'm not sure about cloud because I don't understand it. And B, is it safe? And all these kind of issues people may have yeah. with cloud accounting. Yeah. They don't understand it. They fear it. Yeah. What, what's it like in the conversations that you have? Because if 100% of all the accountants in India were on board, you won't be, you'll be working 24 hours a day won't be enough, right? Yeah, so yeah. it must be right now quite small, the penetration. Right? Yes. So, so what's changing? So a lot of startups in India, first of all, like many startups are emerging from India. So they are quite open about using cloud. Uh, they understand the security uh, things as well. But the old generation chartered accountant firms, they're still like, you know, in a space where they have to be convinced about the price also mm. they have to be convinced about the security also but the newer generation they are very very open because they are using Netflix and they are using yeah. so many places where they are already giving away a lot of data so they are comfortable with it mm. um, but we we usually cater to a lot of startups that's what I have figured out the right. old uh, clients or the uh, medium enterprises are still a little bit um you know, they're not very open to the idea, but all the new startups are fine yeah. with it. I think it's a good lesson as well, isn't it? Because if you're a startup selling to enterprise, yeah. you only have so much time, money and, you know, heart, I suppose, yeah. to, to sell to certain people. So yeah. you have to choose who you want to sell to. Yeah. Yeah. So it may take a lifetime to convince an accountant, a traditional accountant yeah. to come across. Yeah. But where these startups are yeah. digital first. Yeah. They're much easier to convert. So and you, you need lean. to focus there. Yeah, right? they're very lean as well, right? Mm. So, um, but, you know, we have the capacity to scale up because we we get accountants, very qualified accountants and IT teams. So we definitely have the, uh, the capacity to uh, expand. But I think these cloud accounting software, they are mostly serving SMEs. So, and these SMEs and um, the startups or the IT people, like, you know, their data is such that, you know, it is easily convertible. Mm. So, that's the easy, uh, I mean, low-hanging fruit. So, we pick that first and then, you know, we have plans to move to the medium enterprise and the bigger CPA firms as well. Okay, good. 
And your journey as a, a startup yourself, do you consider yourself a startup now? I mean, you're oh, just under 10 years old, I suppose, yeah. are you? So, you know, do you consider yourself still in that mode? You're 50 plus people. How do you think about yourself, MMC Convert, as a company? I think we move past the startup challenges because mm. uh, I. that's why, like, you know, maybe we are on the brink of moving from a startup to a mature company, but we are on the brink right now. That's yeah. how I see uh, our company as and what kind of challenges do you face now because if you have do you have 50 people on the payroll yes. in the company yes so you're managing 50 people yeah. as well you started there was the two of you yeah. you and Ankit and the then the an IT guy and the IT guy let's <laughs> not forget it. him as well and then there were 20 times yeah. the amount of people yeah how has that journey been for you and how has your role evolved in all of that so we have a flat hierarchy system. So we, uh, the IT team, they also sit with the execution guy because, you know, you have to keep both of them close because mm. IT team has to continually see that what's, what quality analysis they are doing so that they can automate even that or whatever mistakes uh, which are, you know, whatever um, uh, exceptions which are being thrown. So they need to capture everything. Mm. So I have seen IT and execution team working very, very closely together and they like to hang out like, you know, so we have a flat hierarchy system in that terms. But we um, kind of take people, because in India you uh, understand like, you know, there's a person just has to know accounting, mm. the three rules of debit credit, and then he has to be a little... Um, well-versed with internet. That's the only requirement for a person in like my industry. And then we give them extensive training of three months. Mm. So I've seen that people coming from a very decent, modest background, but now they are very, now they are communicating with people in US and Australia and uh, they are solving their problems. If uh, we, we do an onboarding session, mm. once we migrate the data, then we have a hand-holding session. So I, when I see my team who are like you know pe very simple people and then they converse with all these um, Australians and New mm. Zealanders and people from US and Asia and they tell them that this is how it is done and this is how your invoice is looking like mm. this is so seeing that change in those people also uh, that excites me a lot right. and this I've seen over a period of time so I enjoy that bit but you must look for something specific in the people that you hire because these aren't specifically accountants or software engineers but they have something else which is really what you're about as well isn't it you're not just a product but there's that service yeah it's and a service. I don't think India necessarily trains people for that because you either get trained as a doctor or accountant yeah. or an engineer right yeah, yeah. And nobody really gets trained for this so yeah. you must have an eye for that when yeah. you look for it so what do you look for in the people that join your team? So uh, what I look is that basically their accounting concepts should be clear because we, ha we have a lot of commerce graduates. Mm. So their accounting concepts uh, in terms of, you know, what the journal entry is going, if they are able to tell me a few very complicated journal entries, I know these are the people for my job. Because in India, technical expertise can come very handy. But mm. if they know only these three concepts of accounting, I'm very happy with them. Plus, there is, should be a scope of, there, sh there should be, um, you know, uh, a thing for learning in them because they are doing some, because we are the only company in India. Nobody is doing uh, right now the mm. migration bit. So if they, they should feel that they are part of something big and yeah. they should be excited about it. So if anybody is just wanting to stay back into a traditional thing that we don't, we don't bother to, you know, tell them that how the world is and where you're yeah, yeah. but somebody who is you know well read who understand where the uh where where the world is pivoting to then i see that thing that how far 
um, or how ahead in the game mm. they are and how well read they are. So do they tend to be people who have gone into accountancy and then maybe got out of accountancy because they want to do something bigger or they want to do something that has more sort of meaningful contact yeah. with so most of the time it has happened that they you know they finish their uh, education accounting they join a traditional uh, mm. s- you know small firm they are accounting and then they get bored it's like we don't want to do the bank reconciliation everything and mm. then you know uh, then they start to do their business management courses a lot of people in india they go for mbas and everything and then they feel like you know this is also not for us so those people who have who like accounting but they don't know how to put use to it in yeah. a more meaningful way so you know i think we have major chunk of those there must be a lot i don't know how many accountants there are in india generally but even if you took 10% of that market 10% would be yeah it's a few like, million right yeah. <laughs> already so we're going to flash your website up now just sure. so the people who are watching can just kind of see um, a little bit about what you do um i noticed for example some of the language on your website Sure. It's quite simple in yeah. making like even words like easy. Yeah. I mean, this is not what I see traditionally on an accountancy website as well. Yeah. And then, you know, even, you know, with your explanations, it's some of the wording as well is not what I would consider traditional in this space, like magical yeah. and so on, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I'm wondering what your sort of ideas are behind this. And I want to sort of tie that into a little bit of what Zero talks about as well, beautiful business. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, do you have a philosophy about what you do and how you make your products and how you treat your customers? Yeah. So I think, um, first of all, when we you talk about what you do, I feel, you know, you should be able to tell what you do to explain it uh to even a five-year-old also and an eight-year-old person also. Mm. So we try to keep our explanations very easy so that even if a person is from small, like he runs a, let's say, a, a fl- he's a florist, he, he should not be scared away by the terms like what is receivable and payable and yeah. payroll and everything. So we try to keep our interface as a very generic thing so that any person who is... Uh, you know, who just has any accounting problem and found a solution and he wants to reach there. So we, we try to keep the language very simple in that context. And then the customer experience, we consider our website as like a showroom, like a mm. retail showroom mm. where you walk in. So you want to like um, take him across and he should just feel that, you know, he's just placing. So we have productize our service so he can just pick okay this is what i want this is how i want to convert these many mm. years i want to convert and just check out and um when when he gets his product he has everything on it he, all he needs to do is just start working on mm, it mm. so we try to productize the service so that he feels it's a very tangible thing and i'm getting um thing how they get delivered to our doorstep that's the yeah. whole idea yeah it's a tangible benefit yeah. isn't it and I'm always curious about any sort of software company is yeah. that, you know, everybody's talking about, everybody's becoming a SaaS platform yeah. now, right? I mean, is yours a SaaS model? Because I see it's like a, a one-off payment, right? So, yeah. so it, it's, it's, how, how does it work there? Okay, so we have two things here. One of, uh, so MMC Convert provides the conversion service, right. which is a one-time model. Uh, people choose one of uh, the four accounting software they want to migrate to, either mm. Zero, FreshBooks, QuickBooks Online, ClearBooks. And then once uh, they are on board to these softwares, we also provide a training session just to tell them that how your data used to be and how it is now. Mm. 
after that then a few of our customers they also want to get their accounting done on so we also have a team of people who do a recurring service so mm. we use some great uh, market products uh, marketplace products which all these softwares have and we do a regular bookkeeping and accounting service for right. them so have you had plans to build your own marketplace then a we, marketplace within a marketplace. Uh, we we want to make accounting easier, so we are yeah. trying to build a product which should be more intuitive because mm. we have the conversion data with us, with like a historical data. Then we also have the bookkeeping, the regular data. So we want to do, like you know, um, a receipt capturing kind of thing where the we want to move it toward codeless accounting. Like they just have to put the uh, the receipts or yeah. vouchers and it would be automatically coded. Hmm. So that's what the whole uh, idea is. That's the plan. That's the plan. So you have the team, obviously yourself and the team at MMC Convert. You have companies like Kevin and Zero. Yeah. And Alan and Zave, yeah. who we're very familiar with as well. So everybody, even though what they're doing is quite technical, yeah. and it's quite behind the scenes. Yeah. And if you get into the nuts and bolts of the software, hmm. it, often there's a lot of quite deep tech in there. Oh, yeah. Some people use automations, some have chatbots and so on. And, but yeah. it, the front end is very, very simple. Got it. And they have this whole idea of like beautiful business or enabling you to do something which is beyond ledger. Yeah. You know, nobody gets excited about yeah. ledger. Yeah. No, all due respect to accountants. <laughs> but even, I don't think accountants like doctors, they don't sign up to do that. They they sign up to help people. Yeah. Like a doctor doesn't sign up to write prescriptions. or sure. He signs up to make people's lives better, right? Sure. And often what happens is, is, during their career, they get bogged down yeah. in the weeds yeah. of their work. True. So how is it for you? What is your vision for what companies can be and what we can do? And all of this space, it seems to be people working to take work out of the way yeah. so that we can focus on this more high value stuff. What is that high value stuff? Once we take all this kind of admin, yeah. what are we going to be doing with our lives? So um, first of all, uh, you know, even when we see that how many startups are coming or how many companies are starting to work, the failure rate is pretty much same what it was 50 years ago and even mm. now, right? It hasn't changed. If there was so much in the ecosystem and so much good money coming up and uh, so many good solutions coming up, then the success rate should be higher, which is not happening. Mm. So there is, some, there is some systemic failure which we are not able to you know, point out. So what I feel is that a lot of people, they're very passionate about their work. They're doing everything right. But the financial health is something that everybody does not get the pulse. You know, they, they don't know how much the cash flow is. And these sounds, as you say, I mean, they are very boring stuff. Mm. You know, nobody gets passionate about, oh, I want to like... I want to build a software as a service model for yeah. finding out, you know, how much my employee is fetching per hour or something. So these are the things which are very important. Mm. But and you cannot improve what you cannot measure. So I feel, you know, when you have such beautiful software doing all these hard work, like how, you know, you go to any social network site and you see everything and you, you know, they hook you on to it, mm, right? So mm. if there is something happening in the accounting industry so, so simply that you can see that, oh, my my receivables are such and payable, you can talk to Alexa about it, that how mm. much is my receivable and you know. So I think when you start measuring these things, they start to, you know, register in your subconscious yeah. and you are, no matter whether you like it or not like it your 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 efforts start to get 
in that direction. So yeah. I feel with all these making easier, I think we should be able to increase the success rate of how many, uh, you know, sta- that's that's what I feel that, yeah. you know, making it simpler, making it more uh, friendly, uh, you know, removing that boring tag out of all these data because they are very crucial. Mm. This will increase the success rate of business. In a way, you you take the fear yeah. out of the process yeah. as well. I mean, could be the fear of looking at my phone yeah. and seeing what's there or not there. Yeah. And yeah. I think that makes a lot of people just kind of push it aside. Exactly. And if I was to have the habit of checking my accounts yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. Or whatever it is, even like, okay, I've got to get onto this platform. Yeah. But I'll get around to it. Yeah. Like you after procrastinate. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like I put it, it's in this shoebox Sh- in my mind of like receipts. True. You know, that's going to happen in January once yeah. I've got through all these things first. Yeah. And then guess what? I'm here next year, the same yeah. sort of conversation. And maybe that's why the failure rate is still the same because yeah. it's the human beings. We, we delegate it to our future self. Yeah. You know, and then um, why do we delegate to our future self? Because, you know, it's too tough or it's too boring or it's too fearful to take it yeah. right now. So if there is some person who's doing that for you while you are moving on with what you actually enjoy to do, I think, you know, this will do the drill. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you speak a lot at universities as well yeah. you you lecture but you also give talks as well yeah public so talks about entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. So tell us a little bit about the kind of subjects you talk about uh so i teach at iam these are indian institute of management and these are government uh, institute where they teach management so i talk about entrepreneurship there and the major thing which i speak about is that how we teach entrepreneurship around the world it's little bit broken because mm. not every entrepreneur is same so there's an entrepreneurial DNA, which is like there are some people who are builders that, you know, they have they build one successful product. They scale it up to crazy height. They move on to the next product. Then mm. they scale it up, move on to the next product. This is a builder DNA. So they they attract everybody, investors, good teams, everything. Um, then there is opportunist DNA who are very good with sales. You know, but they will have a lot of highs and lows in their business. Then there is an expert DNA who are domain expertise, mm. they're specialists. All their life, you know, they would do probably one business and they'll be happy with it. And then there are innovators like Mark Zuckerberg and all these people. They are, they do something for the world. They want to create some difference. But these people, they hide in dungeon. They're very difficult to find. <laughs> the world needs a lot of them. So mm. everybody has a different entrepreneurial DNA. And then that DNA has to be uh, nurtured mm. in a different way. So we can't teach entrepreneurship to everyone in the same, same way, way. Because you might have a, you, you know, a team of people. Uh, uh, you know, any startup, they have a combination of, let's say, opportunist and builder, but they mm. don't have a lot of domain expertise. So, mm. you know, their service might um, plateau after a while. So they need to hire a specialist. So that's how we, we need to find out that what are the DNA required for right. one the dream business. team. Yeah. What are you? Uh, what do you so if you've analyzed yourself... I think I'm a specialist and mm. Ankit would be a builder because, right. yeah. <laughs> Does he agree? Yeah. Okay. So a specialist being somebody who's a domain expert. Domain expertise. Right. And so that would be in engineering, software. Yes. But over a period of time, I've now understood uh, the 
ABC of accounting as well. So right. yeah, of course you have to as well. <laughs> yeah. But do you think you evolve as an entrepreneur as well? Maybe you you start as an expert and then you become learn how to build stuff. Yes. And how does that work for you as well? Because as an entrepreneur, you can't say that. Oh, you know what? I'm only going to do the execution and operation. Mm. Marketing is not my because you know that's all your company. So I, uh, you know, I tend to learn something which was not my uh, area of interest mm. at all. But you know, as an entrepreneur, you can't afford to say that I don't want to look into no. HR. I don't want to look into you have to do everything and i yeah. think i have slowly grown grown into that space where i know that this is all my thing and i have to do everything evolved evolve this, yeah and, and how, how do you find young people coming through as well so you must teach speak to and engage a yeah. lot of young talent yeah. coming through and india's got so much and there's this narrative that you become a software engineer and yeah. you work for a large IT provider, the yeah. Vipros, these kind of people, yeah. Infosys. Yeah. That's your life. Yeah. You, you just go into the corporate ladder yeah. and that's it. Or you can do the doctor engineer accounting yeah. thing. And yet there must be a group of people who say, I want to build something or I want to yeah. be one of those entrepreneurs. I want to yeah. create something. How are people coming through now? Are their expectations set, right? Are they coming through and say, yeah, I'm going to be the next Facebook, a billion dollars, I'm going to be the next Flipkart, whatever it is. Yeah. Or are these people coming through with the right training? So when you touch them yeah. effectively with your your conversations and your talks, yeah. are they aligned with what's necessary? Are they, cause, you know, I'll, I'll just put it a bit of context. Yeah. I think in some Asian countries, yeah. I'm based here in Singapore, yeah. they think, entrepreneurship's cool yeah. but the problem is is they don't understand it's actually really hard yeah. like you, it's brutal yeah. sometimes yeah. so I find that maybe the first part is not learning all these tools but just kind of toughening up a little exactly. bit right? how is it in India? So um, in India I mean not, not just in India probably everywhere in the world everybody wants freedom right that's the one thing if you ask all uh, the entrepreneurs i think one answer would be common out of those three that we want it to be independent we want to be mm. free so in india also you know the newer generation the millennials they all want to they don't want to dance on anybody's tune they want to do something of their own so that they can have a chill life so yeah. that would be the first reason and that's there and i don't think um, uh, the age where they are of course you know this could be a thing but for um, people do not start with their own uh, business or anything for three reasons. One is no money, no idea, or no risk-taking mm, mm. uh, ability or ap appetite or something. So entrepreneurship, I feel the first thing, as you said, is you know the conviction to in your own idea and conviction in yourself and the ability to just say uh, you know no of what you believe, mm. but just to say yes to what your whole conviction or your idea set is so that ability comes after a long time you have to have experience you have mm. to have some failure how you have a success resume you have to have a failure resume so if you haven't tried a couple of things and not failed at it you know you won't develop that risk yeah. attitude so i think if and ideas are also not very easy to come by you mm. have to solve a problem which is at least affecting not just 100 people around you, somewhere around. Like, yeah, you yeah. Know. And you have to be open to understanding problems as well. Like the people you recruit, I guess, are better yeah. at understanding and empathizing with the problems of true. your customers or the industry generally. Very true. That's really important. Yeah, right? empathy, I think, is the key so to it. What about you? In, I mean, just sort of bringing this round full circle, because we started off talking about the story of MMC and obviously Ankit's grandfather, yeah. right? And the, the legacy of that. And you as an entrepreneur as well, were you always entrepreneurial? Because I, I feel that 
you know, often the great way to tell us, well, to teach people yeah. is through a story, yeah. right, an example. Yeah. And you had, a, I suppose, like in the, the modern age of traditional yeah. education, which is yeah. engineering based, right? But were you entrepreneurial? Did you have that sort of spark in you when you were younger? You might not have said, right, I'm going to build a billion dollar, you know, social uh-huh. network, but you may have been doing things or creating things. So people can look at that and identify those characteristics in themselves. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, you um, if you have that thing that you're, you know, you're trying something and you're wanting to make a difference, if, like, or if you have your own way of, uh, like, there is a way to go from A to B, but you always have this thing that, no, I think there should be another way, like yeah, C also. C and <laughs> if you have this or thing... Or D, even if C doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, so if you continuously find yourself in that space, yeah. I think, you know, you know that this is just one check for entrepreneur. Again, I would say it's a whole package of things which needs to be checked for mm. a person to be an entrepreneur. But yeah, if you have this ability to make any bad idea into a good idea, just see that, oh, here is another revenue stream. Here is another profit center. Here is something which, you know, mm. which a person might be missing. Um, here is some intrinsic value which, you know, people are not seeing. Some hidden value which anybody... So if you keep looking for all these things in other people's product, yeah. I think, you know, this is also one check. Is that a train thing? Or were you like that when you were out of the world of business, you know, when you were younger? Because I wonder if that's just how your mind is hardwired. Or did you learn it at school? Uh, so my father is, a, uh, he's an entrepreneur and he uh, is a self-made uh, entrepreneur. So I've seen him, you know, mm. picking up a couple of business and trying to solve a problem. So I, I always thought that this is how, uh, you know, you you make your world a better place yeah, that yeah. you know you solve problem and then you you know look for another problem to solve yeah, so yeah. i see that a lot that yeah. often entrepreneurs have been around people at a young age yeah. who they could have been their dad or their family Anybody, or uncle would, yeah, yeah you know and those people have influenced them not by saying when you grow up you yeah. become an entrepreneur you just see them hustling yeah. you see them doing things. we learn by examples yeah. i don't think there's another way for people no. to learn and pick only examples yeah. i guess well it makes a big impact on us yeah. when we're young as well and yeah. i think you coming here and sharing your story as well yeah is really like a repeat of that legacy as well so people can look at what you two are doing and your team as well and they can see a bit of that yeah and that i think for people as well if you're an entrepreneur you are slightly different yeah you are slightly on yeah. the edge of the mainstream. So yeah. when people look at that, they think, actually, that's a positive. Yeah. I can turn that into something positive as well. Yeah, and I think you're bringing a lot of examples here, I guess. Well, exactly. <laughs> Stories. Positivity. Yeah. Exactly. It's the tribe of entrepreneurs, yeah. the misfits. We can all come together and make stuff And together. we are hardwired to listen to these stories, I yeah. guess, you know. We love story. So of your story, you're heading back to India tomorrow. Yeah. And what is your purpose here, apart from being at the roadshow with Zero? Is what else is on your agenda in terms of MMC? What's so basically how we productize our service. So you know we don't get to spend like we don't get a lot of face time with our customers. Yeah. So we try to meet as many customers as possible, like people we have served or, you know, our recurring um, you know, bookkeeping service we provide. So you know so we, we try to make it a point that we, at least we do a round off yeah. and understand what their problems are. Is there anything which they are doing which which where they could save time. Mm. So just to do a f- more FaceTime with our customers. Yeah. That's the whole agenda of this trip. Well, that's great. That's like walking the shop floor, isn't it? And <laughs> yeah. getting that. I, I don't think a lot of, or enough people do that, right? Yeah. Because it may be uncomfortable sometimes. Oh, it's yeah. comfortable to sit behind and yeah. program a software app, I, right? But, but your growth definitely comes out of that uncomfortable zone. So yeah. I'm not saying we are there, but yeah, that's... I, 
I mean, I think that's a recipe for growth, I guess, to get into that uncomfortable yeah. zone and hear that, you know, your customer would say that, you know, this is the three things which you did right, but there's one thing, that this could have been better. So I think... You Great know, advice. That is Shannon Mehta, everybody, and off-camera Ankit as well. Thank you guys for coming to Singapore. Thank you for coming to the studio as well. I hope to see you back in Singapore sometime or even see you in India as well. We would love to see you in India. And thank you for making this conversation. Uh, like, you know, I, I could navigate it and you are such interesting. Well, it's a good questions. story as well. And the best place for people to reach out for you. I mean, obviously, you've got your website. We put the details in the show notes. Are you active on LinkedIn? Is it okay for people to reach out to yeah, you? Yeah, LinkedIn, you- Twitter. I think we are active on these two platforms and that's it excellent well if you watch the story of shannon and the team at mmc convert today and you enjoyed it then please show your support like the video so you can help promote it out to a wider audience and also reach out to them if you haven't to the team shannon and Ankit as well i'm sure you're all over linkedin as well yeah. so just tell them that you've seen this video and you heard the story as well so shannon thank you so thank much you. for thank coming you, in today thank you so much That was Pitch Deck Asia, powered by Pitch Media Asia. My name's Graham Brown. Pitch Deck Asia is a platform to give startups in Asia a voice. We give them a show to help them tell their story. And if you love these startup stories and like hearing more about the journeys of the founders, go and check out our SoundCloud channel, which is available at pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. That's pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. Head along to the channel, subscribe, follow us, and feel free to leave a comment or a rating on our channel as well. We'd love to hear your feedback.